0: Good Friday everybody and welcome to uh, The Weekly Whistle and uh, I'm your host Ahad, and I'm here with Phil today. Phil is one of the co-hosts that are going to be regularly around. Today we're going to be talking about time management. So before we get into that, I want to introduce Phil and uh, you can hear some noise in the back as well. Uh, That is, uh, we are near an airport so it is quite normal for you to be hearing some uh, airplanes on the way. So Phil, an introduction a little bit before we continue. Yeah,
1: well, thanks for coming out here to my garden. Yeah. And it's nice to have you here in person. And it's nice to be on your podcast for the first time. Um, yeah, so I am Phil. um been living here in the Netherlands for a few years, but have been traveling around for a lot uh, before. Uh, originally from Switzerland. And I recently escaped the corporate life and uh, i doing something very different now. Um, I, I'll get right into that. (laughs) Well, I, I, after getting a burnout at a a corporate job, you know, as a project lead in a big tech company, I decided I wanted to be away from the computer and work with my hands and see things progress more physically, you know. And so I started working as a furniture maker, the furniture designers here.
0: And how's that going?
1: It's going quite nice. I mean, it's an interesting shift and I definitely had to adjust to, to the physicality of it, but also adjust to stepping back into something that I was like a beginner at again. But I tell you, it's really healthy and good for me to just be doing something with my hands, which, which uh, is kind of overseeable, manageable. And, uh, and it gives me more time and perspective, it, I guess.
0: I, I think so as well. And I remember this conversation happening like six months, more than six months ago. I think even before that, as you were telling me that you were planning to do this. Uh, you were like, uh, there's this guy who reached out to me in a, re- a furniture company. And I, I told you back then I was like skeptical. I was like, hell, oh, you work for this high tech company. You're a project lead. It doesn't make sense for you to become a furniture maker. But uh, six months, eight months later, you're here and you're happy. And uh, yeah. It's it's beyond me to be really honest. It's still, like, I want to support you as a friend, but still beyond me to understand uh, how this works. But uh, why don't you explain to us why the physicality of it really helps you in that position, and why the overwhelmingness that comes from the digital job? What what is the difference?
1: I don't know. Well, when you're working on as a project lead for a, for a digital project, then you really never never see what what you're achieving you see maybe a kanban board uh you see maybe your inbox catching up a bit but that never really happens because it fills up uh, all these projects were also kind of large and nebulous. they were not you know building something that got built and then it was built so it was it was a uh, little improvements that were bouncing back and forth and i really didn't I uh, didn't like that. Maybe it's just my personality. I I like to interact with the with the real world. Um, I like to work together with other people like physically around me and throughout the pandemic and uh,
0: remote working and so on. That was really oh, not doing good. Uh, I, know, I was loving it. I think we have this conversation offline so many times. But I'm not remote working so with that I'm now in pursuit of a new client and uh, I'm not finding a new client because all of them are like twice a week you need to come to the office and I'm like, I cannot I need it once a week or once in two weeks. My current client offers me once in three weeks. I mm-hmm. don't.
1: That. No, that's that is pretty rare.
0: Yeah, once in three weeks, you're just chill, you're just doing your own thing. I can coach and teach on the side, and I'm just doing my thing. But if I do twice a week this and once a week coaching, then I'm out of the house three times a week with the baby on the way. I really don't want that. I really want to spend time home.
1: Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's where we're. Why well, I find it so interesting to talk to you because we are very different people at the core. Um, you know, you seem to do, do two jobs at the same time in coaching and getting ready for a family and, and doing the podcast at, with, with the newsletter and everything. Yeah, you manage all that. And you also like to work remotely. So I, I understand that it works for you. But I'm really curious. why so I wanted to do this conversation about time management yeah. because we become friends, but we're we're so different people. So it's nice to, live, yeah, a little bit.
0: Definitely. And I think one of the reasons for me, particularly, as you said, I try to do a lot of different things. It works for me because I can do remote work, right? And right. It, it helps me that I'm in control of my calendar and then I can squeeze in stuff. Because when you have to go to the office, like I'm currently going to teach at a university in Harlem, right? And it's like a two-hour commute and a two-hour commute back. Mm-hmm. When I come back, I'm dead. I'm mm-hmm. mentally right. dead physically dead and I don't want to do anything and not just work. My wife was mad at me. This was yesterday. She was mad at me because I went with her to do some uh, housekeeping stuff. Uh, we went to praxis, this hardware store, got some paint and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, with, we were there with her mom and we came back to her house and we were chilling and talking and everything. And I feel like I was contributing to the conversation but she was like, you're so dead. You look so depressive and everything. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not my normal self. Like I'm pretty jolly and talkative because I'm tired yeah. but I'm not sad. I'm enjoying the conversation, right? back, but apparently she was unhappy with it. She was like, no, this doesn't work for me. And if I go to the office twice a week, three times a week, this is going to be me. And yeah. The reality, I just think I'm refusing to accept
1: <laughs> Yeah, I do feel you. I mean, uh, going to the office, also also the woodworking job, it does take off, like going to the workshop. It does take up a lot of your energy. Um, that is definitely true. So maybe there is some... So middle ground, maybe I will even find the middle ground where I'll be like, oh, I want to step back uh, from going physically to the office. Right now, I really absolutely have to. The machines are there. The tools are there. I have to go there. The wood is there. I can hardly bring it all home. But at the same time, I don't know. uh, I did remote working for already pre-pandemic for several years. And I I always found it after the first six months or so, I felt I was missing that connection, human connection, but also physical connection to to the work yeah so could be that's it i mean yeah i've i think there is some kind of we can talk about productivity but there's also some kind of psychology behind here that we can touch on which i was just looking at things a little bit uh wrongly uh in terms of wanting to do everything at once and getting myself stressed because it's it i was always stressed i burned but it was not even so much my boss breathing down my neck and giving me a lot of huge projects. It was more that I had uh, 25 little projects that I had to juggle. and had all these emails and I had to understand everything. And I had to interact with all these different people little by little, like jumping from one meeting to the next. And I wanted to do every, a good job everywhere. And uh, quite a conscientious, like diligent person. That also made me just express myself. You know? Um, and maybe maybe that's one of the core differences in us, like, psych- psychologically, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we talked, we touched on the fact that you're a bit of a perfectionist. You want to deliver good work or great work, right? And uh, that really, uh, tying it back to our conversation on time management, in time management, it's all, mostly, in my eyes, it's all about efficiency, right? It's all about mm-hmm. that you're trying to get the best as you can from what you have. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It, to me, it means if you get 80% right, you're good to go. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: So the the eighty twenty. I've heard about this eighty twenty rule many times, and uh, you know, in Dutch they say "tachtig is prachtig." I heard. You know, like eighty is great, Uh, but it's hard to really implement that or internalize it, really, Uh, because I think I'm wanting to do a lot of things. I'm interested in a lot of things, and if somebody comes up to me with a project idea. I like to pick it up and I like to, you know, maybe even drive it a bit, push it along if nobody else is really doing it. But then I end up doing so many things that I can't even do it 50%. Yeah. Uh, despite, like, don't even think about 80%. Um, but I have a hard time prioritizing. And so I'm reading, and I started reading in a book by Oliver Berkman about t- time management. And this is an interesting take he has on things is basically you have to come to the uh, uh, you have to accept the fact that you have finite time and we are always with these time management techniques like all these different zero inbox and pomodoro and all these things we are trying to to manage to control our time because we will get everything done we will get everything done and then we'll have time for, for the other things um, I think that's the misconception of it and we will not get everything done.
0: I'm yeah, we, time. we will never get anything done. And I think really like that point of view that you said. So you basically about the 80% first, let's start from there from my side. I really believe getting stuff done bare minimum is good enough. Mm. And the reason you cannot do 50% is because you're doing, taking too many things. I've been there. I want to do a lot of stuff. Uh, I want to game. We just talked about it starting this. Yeah, was I was so game. surprised that you're a gamer besides yeah. all the things that you're doing. There are a lot of games that I want to play but I don't have time so I ration out one hour, one and a half hour a day, right? I want to play FIFA competitively but I don't have time nor the skill to be honest but not the time most importantly, right? And then you have stuff like um, I want to cook every day, I want to
1: Walk, right.
0: 15,000 steps a day. I want to skip. I want to do my calisthenics that I bought a course like two years ago. I never started it because okay. it's too much effort. So I also have the same issue that I want to do. I, one thing I really want to do is gardening. So when yeah. I come into your garden, I love it so much yeah. because it's a beautiful thing to, be, to do gardening. But yeah, it's a, it's a mental load on your head that, okay, I have to pick up a new skill. Right. So all of these things made me realize that, you know what, one thing at a time. Think of us as a, a modular being, right? Like Legos. Mm-hmm. So we build ourselves with everything. You cannot make a Lego without building two things together, right? You cannot have a human ready. And that's how I try to go towards habit formation and anything that I want to do in life. It's this, sure. uh, that start with one thing. And I think I explained this to you before as well. One thing I started with last month was no sugar. 31 mm-hmm. days, no sugar. Yeah. And last time we met, my baby shower didn't happen yet. I think my baby shower just happened last week. My okay. wife's big shower. Yeah. And I had sugar there. After 31 days, right. he told me it's my baby shower. I'm ordering a cake of euros. 80 euros, 80 euros. Need to eat it, and I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to. I would if I get addicted again because my my whole issue do sugar was that I get addicted. And your wife is peer pressure. Yeah, and, uh, then I cut myself a slice of cake, and I'm not joking to you. After 30 days off white sugar, I took a bite. I couldn't swallow it. Yeah, it's like this is this is too much. Yeah. It's not attractive anymore. So I ate a few bites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was missing my Greek yogurt. I was missing my 99% chocolate. So I took that 31 days to build a tolerance to sugar. And now I don't want it anymore. Right. And now this month, it's all about the 18-hour fast. We have raspberries right in front of us and you and tell me that, hey, do you want to have them? I really want to. This month is all about the 18-hour fast. So I'm like, you know what? 18 hours, I'm not going to do anything. And the month after might be something else. Right. But then you start building on these habits and then suddenly you come to a place that you're like, wow, I did not know I could do those these many things at the same time because you took one by one to London.
1: So do you do that with all your things, like the let's say the newsletter or the coaching? Do you always say, I'm only going to start this newsletter for, for thirty days for a month? Is that like the time limit that you
0: Yeah, so basically so? for example this thing, right? We started off the podcast right mm-hmm. now in July. We're starting, we're launching this mm-hmm. I didn't do it for six months because in the month of January, I said, you know what? I'm going to start this thing. And right. the only thing I'm going to commit to is three deals per per week or three TikToks per week. That's it. Yeah. And one newsletter. That was the only thing I committed to. And then I did that for six months. And then I was like, you know what? It's happening. Right. Now I can do this on the side as well and add to this value. And then from here, maybe we can move on to something else in the future, maybe an e-course or something like that. Right. But always take one step at a time because this works for me. And sometimes it's also bad because... We are habitual creatures, right? Right. So sometimes it takes us a bit of a time to adjust to the new thing. And my wife complains to me about this a lot. She's like, I told you this. Yeah, she's like, I just told you this. Why don't you understand this? And I'm like, you will have to tell me this five times and maybe the sixth time I'm going to get it because I'm habitual. I'm used to biting my nails. I'm used to leaving the trash out. I'm used to these things because I used to live alone as a guy. So it will take some effort from your side. But asking a pregnant woman to have... (laughs) Difficult news that I don't blame her for it. But that's how I function then. I'm like, you know what, take it slow. It's fine. I slipped. Oh, I didn't I wasn't supposed to do this right now. But it's fine. According to my schedule, I am still one week into this, so I can mess it up. And that way I'm more kinder to myself. Right. And that that really helps me
1: learn. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe just to to be able to 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 slow down the the things that you're picking up. Like yeah. do less in order to get done more.
0: Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah.
1: yeah, I also read in this book uh, about the uh, the rule of using um, just three projects max at the moment. So, yeah. like for example, I've just been moving. I am preparing for a project uh, at a festival, and I'm I'm picking up my my job in a more pro- like more professional role. Now. Yeah. So. Maybe I should just leave it at that. And, and if I want to pick up a new project, I have to skip one of those or, at, end, one. or end one of those. Uh, so I'll try to to use that a little bit. Yeah. But you know, there's another part to this whole discussion, which is, again, like the more psychological one, which is an anxiety that comes up when you're not doing a bunch of things. So if, as soon as I don't have every week evening of the week booked with... with uh, socializing with going to a workshop to doing all kinds of things then i feel i am not doing enough you know like i have this kind of existential anxiety yeah. about uh i will fall behind or i will be judged by others yeah. or um i'm just a lazy bastard <laughs> so i started to fill up everything and uh, i, I started to fill up my backlog i guess and this is also the thing of this is almost like the the pandemic of of stress that we're seeing around. There's also this wrong notion of busy is cool. Like, if you can tell your friends, "Man, I'm having such a busy week," yeah. then they're, that's kind of a status, right? Like a proud thing, like, then uh, you're a good a good the important person, and that's so so wrong, isn't it?
0: I, I think so as well. I think it it doesn't make sense for you to be busy for the sake of being busy. And I think you mentioned it really well. I think it's also a cultural thing in Europe uh, because. Uh, I also see it in in with the Dutch people, right? They they, they tell me that okay, uh, I'm only busy next third Saturday, right? And mm. you ask them why, because they're like, because I plan out my weekends. You're only free the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm planning out my weekends already, and they're booked. And they're supposed okay. to be booked. But if you ask them what they do on the weekdays, they also have plans. Some of them don't. Most of them like, oh, we go to the gym, we do this, we do that. Everyone wants to do something all the time, and some of it is very positive, like how they are like, you know what? Every day I go to the gym. That's a, that's a very good exercise. Sometimes it's okay to just do nothing or not plan anything and be okay with be okay with the nothingness, right?
1: But personally, how do you see? How do you do that in your own life? Do you have a lot of flexibility time in your day? Because you you seem to have a lot of things planned through. Like you you keep your mornings without a phone. You go for the walk. You yeah. do cooking. You, you do all these different things. I'm guessing, I'm just guessing uh, that you're planning this in your calendar blocks, right? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. How much flexibility does that leave you then? Doesn't uh, it fully fill your, your week up? Uh,
0: it depends on how you look at it. So for me, what I do basically is, as I said, I break my day down into quadrants, right? Four quadrants. And this is my personal life. I'm okay. talking about the work. Work nine to five is there. There are going to be meetings. You can't stop them, right? They have access to my calendar. They plan meetings in if they want to. I try my best to tell them that, okay, only do it in the afternoon, not in the morning. But I cannot. And I'm not in a leadership position like you, where an enterprise or project lead to basically be like, you know what? This is my availability. I'm more like an analyst. I'm more on the side. I'm an individual contributor. So I am at the whims of, of the leadership. They're like, you know what? Ah, oh, let's come on a call right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm on call. So I have to come on the call right, right. now. So that I don't really plan much because I can't. I don't have control over. But what I do is just I break my days into quadrants, morning, afternoon, evening, and night. And then I just put in two things that I need to do in each quadrant. Again, not to overwhelm like,
1: uh, what kind of things? Could...
0: Like, morning has to be walking and stretching, right? That's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Or it could be no phones. But no phone, I think, is just becoming a lifestyle choice, so it right. doesn't really matter. Yeah. And then afternoon has to be a nap and a walk, right? So really, yeah? Or a walk, and then I nap again, because I sleep less. Right? I sleep around six to seven hours, because I can't sleep more. If I try to sleep more, I feel very drowsy. So okay. I'm trying I'm trying to get myself tested, to be honest, if I'm one of those people who cannot sleep long-term. But if I sleep eight hours, I cannot get out of bed. I just cannot. I,
1: okay. I feel very tired. So you sleep how many hours at night?
0: Six. I always get up so fresh and I don't understand why. But then it hits me at the end of the day that I'm very tired. So, I, so you I, take a nap after work? or how? You have to take it between 1 to 3 p.m. That's the science behind it. That that's the perfect amount of time that you're up, you're up at 7, 6 hours, 7 hours later. And 7 hours, 8 hours before you start winding mm-hmm. down for dead, uh, bed. So you won't be too fresh by the night. So I do it between 1 and 3 for like 45 to 1 hour depends mm-hmm. on depends on my mood sometimes you sleep and you don't get up for 2 hours that also happens but like that's my afternoon my evening has to be okay i need to cook and i need to uh clean the kitchen for example something like that and then the night has to be i need to read and i need to like go to bed on time that's basically my my goals that i need to do on a daily basis the rest is free the rest is free it's it's a calendar and i can just do whatever i want with it it can i can plan in a session with you like recording i have another session i told you after this so like uh, and then and that calendar is free sometimes I don't have anything to do with the evenings yesterday me and my wife watched a movie uh, for like three hours yeah okay but I have to
1: push back a little bit you said you're planning in an hour of gaming a day yeah, do you yeah. put that in your calendar
0: no, 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 no. is that, that one of the two things in the evening no 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 no. that's, that's uh, more like okay I have time and I will play sometimes I don't have time so I don't play no, 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 no. That's, that's what's so it's not a strict plan no no it's not a strict plan but it's, it's, it's a cap more than a plan so if I do play it needs to be under one and a half hour and if I don't play, I don't play. I think the month of May, a month of May, yeah, I didn't play my PS5 for a whole month. And I was agitated. I was telling him, it's right there, and I didn't have time to play it because I'm so busy. So what right. I mean by uh, scheduling one and a half hours is that that's my cap, that I try to play one and a half hour a day, not more, more than that. And if I do more than that, then that considers as a bad day,
1: basically. Right, okay. But that seems still very generous uh, yeah. in terms of time spending. <laughs>
0: and you have a lot of time I don't understand why people think they don't have
1: time I, I literally feel like I don't have a lot of time I feel I'm one of those people who feels overwhelmed and I'll give you some context And yeah. I mean I, I feel almost bad saying this out loud I I only went up to three days of work right now yeah. okay then I have one day which I spend fully with my daughter and, yeah. and I try to give her of focus and attention yeah. and then I have Still three day weekend, yeah. so I should have plenty of time in theory. However, I feel o- often utterly overwhelmed by just things that I have to do. Like now, yeah, getting um, getting everything ready for my new apartment. Yeah, um, uh, doing some some workshops, uh, facilitating some event tonight. Yeah. Uh, going somewhere on the weekend, planning for a festival that I'm going to. All these. Like fun things, but, still, but uh, it still feels so overwhelming. And then I think, like, fuck, I'm trying to watch a series which I really want to continue because it makes me feel good. Fun. Ted Lasso. Oh, I've heard so much about it. Ted Lasso is, a, is the ultimate feel good <laughs> show. I, I recommend it even if you don't like football because I don't like.
0: Oh really? I love football. <laughs> my all of my friends are crazy about this show. Because it's about the Premier League and they all have yeah. the Premier League. know. Yeah.
1: So I, I, I put it off watching for a while because it's it's about football. I was like, Yeah, what the hell? But it's about it's about positive masculinity often. Yeah. And it's a really good positive show. Um anyhow, I'm trying since literally a week, I was trying to watch one episode, one hour, and I cannot get around to it. But because by the time I think, okay, now I can sit down, I realise Oof, it's already 11 and I should get some sleep because yeah. I'm also too tired. Yeah. And then I put it off and I'm like, ah, good. I didn't watch any TV for another week. It's actually a good thing. But why the hell do I not have time?
0: It's 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 beyond me <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about this. And the one thing that I would really recommend is for you to do an inventory of where your time goes, And that mm-hmm. will tell you. Because what I hear is more like worrying about doing stuff rather than doing stuff, right? Yeah, that is a good point. My wife also go is going through this, right? So she tells me that, okay, we don't have time. You need to go to the ER. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to get me the the, the birth plan. You need to watch these videos with me. You need to do this. And I'm a man of sister. them like every night before sleeping, 11, let's watch the video together. After that, you go into the bed. I'll turn on the meditation. And then you listen to the meditation. But then we do the exercise and then you go to bed. Systemic, right? And like every day then my mind knows. But she cannot handle that. She's like, no, I'm too tired at this time. I'm too this at this time. And suddenly in the middle of nowhere at 3 p.m. she goes like, we're not doing anything. Where are the videos? And I'm like, I planned the system for you, but you don't want to follow the system. So in that sense, what I hear is that uh, sometimes people confuse the perception of work with work, right?
1: That is a really good point. Yeah,
0: I think that's what I hear because remember that this one word, uh, because I think you also worked agile, right? In in, in your company. So Agile Framework has this very uh, nice concept of Scrum in which you have to plan everything in. And, everything. and I really loved it. I became a certified Scrum master because it really resonates with me how, okay. how the Scrum works. And I tried to bring my life into Scrum. And the biggest thing there is start finishing and stop starting, right? Or like stop starting and start finishing. The idea, starting, starting. And the idea behind me is that instead of taking so many things that overwhelm you, just focus on those three things that the book said. And then suddenly that monumental amount of time. I also watch TV every day, one hour. Again, what? one hour, that's it. But yesterday I watched a three hour long movie because my wife doesn't like my system. She's like, one hour is stupid. This is one episode. And yeah, but one episode a day is a lot. So I can also play my games. But then yesterday I wasn't allowed to play my games so that I had two and a half hours free. So she was like, let's watch a movie. I was like, okay, let's watch a movie. And in that way, I try to uh, ration my time around that I have a lot of time. This concept of 4,000 weeks, if you think about 4,000 weeks, that's a lot of time.
1: It is, yeah. but then also it isn't. I guess it's a lot more th- if you, than if you had n- weren't existing at all, but it's also not, uh, it's a lot less than infinite weeks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the concept of infinite, and that's exactly why I don't like the concept of working, like in the sense that how with the inbox and everything, because mm-hmm. that's infinite. It never stops. People mm-hmm. go like zero inboxing, and I'm like, yeah, but that's a very failed technique because you'll never have a zero inbox because mm-hmm. there will always be work. Mm-hmm. They're paying you to work. Mm-hmm. Suddenly they won't finish a scrum methodology where you have a time box you still have a backlog that is full of shit and they mm-hmm. want you to do that mm-hmm. in the next iteration mm-hmm. so they will always be right they're paying you to do that they're not paying you to sit there mm-hmm. so I always want to this infinite mindset I want to always get out of people because they always tell me there's a lot of things I can do there's always mm-hmm. yes there
1: will always be right till you die exactly and, and the quicker you get at finishing your tasks the more tasks arrive yep. it's like that it's like that conveyor belt where like Charlie Chaplin, you're doing faster and faster and it keeps coming faster and faster and you fall over stressed out. Uh, but I want to get back to your point before because that was a really important one. Like getting stressed by the thought of a lot of things to do versus getting stressed by doing a lot of things. And I, I think you're really touching on something important that at least, at least it resonates with me. I think I am... I think, I think, uh, I in mean, too much in my head, but I do feel stressed because, oh my God, I will have to do so many things. I'm not actually stressed by doing them all. Because if I do three, four things in a day, I'm not going to be stressed by that. I'm only stressed by the mental backlog, I suppose. Exactly. Okay, so now I do have a mental backlog. Yeah and let's say I managed to pick up the top three things off of that backlog and say these are my active yeah. things in my Kanban, if you want to look yeah. at it, very nice, like agile way. But then how do I forget about the backlog? Like, don't you have that still on your mind?
0: Yeah, you do. Uh, you do. That's the thing here, what I really recommend to people, and something I found myself, to be honest, because I never thought I'd be this kind of a person, writing stuff down, is magic. In what way? Anything. Because what you're doing is basically all that mental backlog, you're throwing on a paper, so your mind goes like, well, I'm not going to forget it, so I don't need to think about it anymore. Do you get it? Get so you write it down, then it's there.
1: And you think you're, you feel like you don't have to keep it in your mind anymore? Yeah, is it, you, are you forgetting about it?
0: No. You, yeah, It's you're rationing, you're compartmentalizing. That's what I would like to say rather than forgetting about it. So it's like, I want to do gardening. I want to do gardening for a while right? But I'm like, you know what? It's not time. I want to focus on fasting. So my mind goes like, okay, I wrote down gardening as one of my aspirations in my in my planner. And then it's there. And when my time comes, I will look at it. And when I look at it, I will plan it in however I want to plan it in. And now I don't think about it. Well, that's also the stoic in me, right? I like to think about what I want to control and I don't care about what I can't control. So my mind is very easy letting things go. But that could be a difference in personality. But what I'm talking about in writing stuff down in this day and age of information overload we forget that our mind tries to hold on to a lot of things and right. there is no mental space for us. Right. So when you write it down, you throw your thoughts on paper, then your mind frees up. Your mind is like, it's, all, it's basically like a computer, right? Instead of having all of that stuff in your mind as, as a thing, you have an external hard drive where you put everything in and suddenly your computer is running faster now because all that extra information is in an external hard drive. And when you need it, you can just plug it in and bring it back. And that's what your journal is for. It's for you to bring it back once you need it. And that's what I really, really recommend to write stuff down. It really, really helps
1: okay right I I have to say I've heard that before and I have used it a lot with journaling of like thoughts that were on my mind to start to put it on paper and then kind of forget about it or at least let it go Uh, and how did it go yeah that 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 works fine and uh, often you don't yeah it's not on your mind but you don't even have to pick up the paper because it's still kind of stored yeah Yeah, that does work yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get this concrete because I, I feel like we're talking a lot of nice things and then I'll walk out and I'll still be doing the same but thing. What you need to do is
0: write it down. And
1: yeah, but I mean, to be honest, I've written those things that I want to do or even the things that I'm busy with down several times and yeah. put them into quadrants and then sections. You gives life your name? Uh, no, no, screw that. Is, no, it's it's and hour metric. I mean, this whole urgent, important thing is, you just might as well forget about everything. It's not urgent. Yeah. But uh, what did I, I, I wanted to do some, was well, not quadrants, but life, uh, life compass or something oh, it's like called, uh, where you put in, what do you need for relationships? What do you need for hobbies? What do you need for career? Yeah. What, what are the projects or activities that you're doing yeah. for each aspect of your life? So I've done that still there's a lot of things and um, concretely mm, I have a lot of social uh, activities um, that I want to do, a lot of relationships that I want to uh, build up and maintain um, I don't know if t- do you have that too by the way?
0: I think I do I think I, that I as well or have you. a problem with because yeah. uh, with so many things that you're planning you forget that um, okay how do I make time for the real, real stuff which is Relationships. At the end of the day, I'm a sincere believer you are a human and that element of humanity would always stay. And that's why I really love where you're living, a location with a common area and a common kitchen. If I would be here, I'd be cooking every week. I'm not even joking. Every week I'd be cooking in the dentist's kitchen and, and having a dinner with all my compartments because I'd be like, you know what? This is going to be fun. Let me let me get to know you. And that's important to me. So I get that you need to really flesh out time for this. And a year, I would recommend a small thing before I let you again uh, tell me is... Why don't you think of chunking stuff? Like, I love walking. I need to do 15,000 steps a day, right? And uh, I also need to learn. So what I do is I listen to my podcast when I'm walking. So I do two things at once. Or I ask you and we grab some tea and then we walk in the streets of Christ. If you remember, in, in the in the very cold winter of, of January, we were doing it. We were walking and connecting. I was getting my steps. I was talking to a very nice friend and then it was a yeah. Uh,
1: it almost feels like... Uh, mm. It's almost like similar to delegating. It's like you, you're you getting getting other people to come and connect uh, mm-hmm. a thing that you want to be doing at the same time.
0: It's accountability, I would rather say, than yeah. you are doing it. It's like also joining a gym with your friends. Right. Because you want to do it, but you also want to do it with a person yeah. you like, so it's a win-win then. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: Okay. That, uh, it, that's a very like uh, good little... So the task that you added to my list, I want to be cooking down here, but then uh, I thought I like, or, or eat together with my community members because, yeah, so where I'm living is a, it's a living community with a bunch of people and a lot of nice people as well. and I, I, I really value community, yet I'm spending a lot of time with other communities outside of yeah. where I'm living, like an improv yeah. you know, community and uh, other, other parts in yeah. other cities even. So yeah, that's taking a lot of energy as well, I guess. Um, So if I think about having a dinner here every week, pooh, I I, I don't have time for that. I don't have the time for that. But you're right, I would like to have time. And maybe I, instead of worrying about, oh my God, I want to invite more people over or I want to have more uh, uh, social uh, interactions and I want to cook here. No, I should just turn that around and maybe just start cooking down here. And then I can invite people either from this community or from from my
0: community. And also, the most important thing is we are not in this together. I'm sorry, you're not in this alone. And that's what we forget. Like when you hear, when I hear you telling me these things, I feel like, okay, Phil feels like he's doing everything alone. Yeah. Why why do you feel like you're doing it alone?
1: That's a good point. I thought about this this morning, actually, that uh, I feel like I have to do a lot of things by myself, like getting the Place set up, painting the walls, whatever, where I could exactly combine painting the walls with a social activity. If only I would dare to. That's why it kind of resonates with delegation. If I would only dare to ask others to come okay, here yeah.
0: and help. You don't asking.
1: Maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe I have to get over that a little bit. That kind of um, valuing myself, or yeah, or deal. Well, I have no. I think I. I should value myself enough to dare to ask. Yeah, like, yeah. I
0: believe so. I believe so, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, because I feel the same, to be honest. Being a, being a Pakistani, we are used to cheap labor so much that uh, we do not think of asking friends for doing stuff, because right. it's, it's not common in us. And I have this issue of myself of asking for help that I don't want to. But then, compared to you, I have the privilege of working in more of a professional setting, right? And you're working more in, in, uh, in a physical space, so I can afford those luxuries of life that I'm like, you know what? I'll just hire for help. I'll hire a contractor, I'll hire those things and my problem is solved. But your community need for community. That awesome. doesn't get solved because I have this issue of I asking for help. So I that I need to need to combine them somehow and it is difficult. So this, this week I think I asked a friend for help and it was very difficult for me. But my wife was like I need so my wife is so my wife doesn't like me hiring help, right? Right now we want to lift her bed up because it's easier for the yeah. post pregnancy thing. And also drill uh, a, a net on the on the on the cot, so the baby has this beautiful net coming down. Right. And I said, well, I can hire this guy that I know, and he can do everything. And she's like, it's for your own baby. Can you not do it for your own baby? And I'm like, it's not really emotional. It's more like rational because that guy knows how to operate a drill. I would not know how to operate a drill. So <laughs> then she was like, no, ask a friend. Then I asked a friend of mine who has a drill who has done all of this before. So I said, why don't you come over? I'll do it. You coach me. And he's like, of course, I'll come over and I'll help you out and everything. And it was difficult to ask him because that's not where my first mind goes. My first mind goes to just get the help because we're so used to it in Pakistan. And yeah, I hear it's 10 times more expensive maybe, but I'm so used to it that I ration it out. I I, I rationalize it that this is important to me. We I We're like, this is important to you. It's, it's costing you a lot. of like, Yeah, but I would never ask my mother and me to come and help me clean. I would never ask my uh, brother or sister to come and help me clean mm-hmm. because we never did that in Pakistan. So it would be very difficult. So, that is one aspect of, of the difficulty that I face. The second aspect that I want to talk about with with this community c- cooking thing is very simply every week, someone else can cook. And that's a recommendation you can give. And that way. You only have uh, it once two Yes,
1: but that again, uh, I like the idea better of me just cooking down here rather than having to organize and facilitate that everybody cooks. Like, of course, this can happen in the end, but it's almost nicer to just say, instead of cooking, I have my own kitchen in my apartment and I have a kitchen in the community space. I could say, well, instead of cooking upstairs when I'm, let's say, uh, always cooking on Mondays anyway, I will just come down here and do it here. And then others can join or they cannot join. It's actually... That's almost easier for me yeah. than having to like, adhere to a schedule and so
0: on. That could be true. But then how do you manage? Because how much would you cook if you don't know how many people are joining?
1: I, what's the matter if I cook too much and I have some leftovers in the fridge. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, I don't know if I will do that, but I, it kind of sounds good, nice to me if I would allocate, let's say, the Monday evening. And then indeed, I can still invite, if somebody says, hey... Uh, To hang out, I can say, well, the Monday evening I have actually free, I'm cooking, you can come over to to have dinner with me. So I I like your idea.
0: Yeah, it it helps. This I read somewhere uh, that scheduling your time for social activities is also a thing that we just don't like to do because we're so like, oh, why would you schedule? Like you were telling me, why would you schedule a gaming time, right? For example. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I don't have a strict time slot for my gaming, but I have a cap. But uh, a lot of people do this. I read it in this book uh, from Digital Minimalism, right? It was all about uh, undigitizing your life. And then suddenly you have a lot of time on your hands because if you're not on social media scrolling all the time, Mm. you'll have a lot of time on your hands. And I know this firsthand because I don't have social media on my phone. And that's one of the reasons I have so much time on my hands.
1: So how long ago did you kick off social media?
0: Uh, Officially last month.
1: Oh, wow. So did you, like in your phone report last month or two months ago, you still had a lot of hours?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My social media, especially my WhatsApp, is like, I think last week was, not last week, like a few months, a few weeks before, it was 15 hours in a week. That's a lot for WhatsApp. Yeah, that's true. That's 15 hours. You could be gaming, right? Yeah, I could be doing that. (laughs) Gaming, I can ask my friends to come on call and then we do, again, two things at once, right? Gaming and socializing at the same time, if that is possible. That can work. But WhatsApp is my pet peeve, so I've also locked WhatsApp now. And it's very difficult, to be honest, because WhatsApp is such an important tool for communicating, like I'm, I message you right now, so I have to un, un, uh, like block it, like open my routine and then disable it so that I can have access to WhatsApp and then message Yeah, but then it becomes just very inconvenient. Yeah, it becomes inconvenient. On the other hand, maybe convenience
1: is not helping.
0: That is the thing, convenience is not helping.
1: And ah, I just explored that for...
0: A... Yeah, it, it is, convenience is not helping. It not, it's not supposed to be this easy uh, to uh, order something at the tap of a finger. So because of that, you will not cook at home. It's not that easy. It shouldn't be this easy to order something online that your credit card is already attached, that all you need to do is like, I like this, click, automatic buy. No, it shouldn't be this easy because impulse purchases and impulse, human are, humans are very impulsive. So there needs to be an obstacle in place and that's what basically it's all about uh, that we need to have these obstacles in place. For example, how difficult it would be for me to message you as an SMS instead of messaging you on WhatsApp? Not that difficult. No. But... And feel like it. I'm like, oh, it's just easier to click the WhatsApp and then. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, okay, buying
1: things is, of course, for your finances is an issue. But in terms of time management, again, uh, what, do, what does convenience mean for time management? Because often we think, uh, if I can do something quicker, if I can, you know, uh, have the text autocomplete and the email is gone quicker or have an AI thing write the email, <laughs> email for me then I then I will be more efficient. Yeah. Hence, I will have more time. But that reminds me just of, uh, you know, my mom getting a microwave and then thinking she will have everything cooked in five minutes and the, the, hence we will have a lot more time for everything else. But it seems like no household I've ever had a lot more time after getting a Like microwave.
0: the dishwasher, for example. Yeah. or is amazing. But it takes me 15 minutes or 10 minutes to set up the dishwasher, put everything in. You know, yeah.
1: And even if it doesn't take you a lot of time, like even if... Cooking, this was, you know, the 90s where microwaves came out. Like, Even if we're cooking rice now, it takes you, whatever, five minutes instead of 15 minutes. That's literally 10 minutes saved. But this efficiency, this um, uh, uh, convenience is not helping your life overall, yeah. right? It's not yeah. making your, your, your time management better.
0: Because people try to sh- share it in a very bad way. They go like, you save 10 minutes, 10 minutes per day. Is multiply that by 365, you suddenly save 3,650 minutes. Wow. But, and you're like, yeah, but no, at that time when I'm in the kitchen, by the time the you know, food gets cooked, those 10 minutes don't really add any value. I can't really go into focus work in that 10 minutes. I can't go for a run or something. I have to be in the kitchen anyways. So that 10 minutes don't really add any value. And that's where people make a mistake. They take the numbers and they just go like, you know what, it's easy. The numbers are telling me. So a lot of people do the same for our finances, right? Oh, if you would not have a Starbucks every day, 375, then you would have like, you'd be a millionaire by the time you're yeah. 70. I mean, yeah, but those 375, i I'll never put an, an index on. Never, I never would. I would use it somewhere else. So unless I have a plan in place that helps me, and that's what I mean by convenience, my argument against convenience is you need plans. If, for example, I want to cook, and now again, I want to walk. So what I do is I almost always go get groceries every day. Because I want... walk the... Yeah, so I walk to the grocery. I have a list, I go buy the stuff, fresh, come back and cook. I ration that time out. It might be inconvenient, but it helps me reach my other goal, which is walking. Because I'm still to walk 15,000. Right. That means I have to walk two and a half hours every day, either doing something or not doing anything, and just walking. So I go like, you know what? I don't sure, Yeah. And yeah. that helps.
1: And probably if you would just skip the walking and cooking altogether, we can kind of round off, I think the topic, but like if you would just skip that, going and say, oh, I'm not going to cook today and I'm not going to walk because I don't have time for this. You would probably not
0: end up having a lot of time for other I, things. I right? maybe game more. I maybe watch TV more because and how many things can you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my goal in life is ease, right? And all I'm doing is building a life of ease and that means convenience to an extent. So I tried to order out all the time in the last few months and my finances took a very big hit. But I was like, you know what, it's worth it because we're eating good food every day and I mean, I have been cook. But I actually felt miserable that month. And now this month I've been cooking almost every day or every other day and I feel happier. Not just because of the nutritionist food that I'm eating compared to fast food. Also the fact that the act of cooking really gave me pleasure that I did not realize I wanted. Because I was like, I don't have time. I'm teaching twice a week in Harlem. It's a four-hour commute. I come back and I have to do my 40 hours here as well. And I have to manage all of that stuff. And then I'm also, newsletters and everything. I'm doing so many things. Why should I spend two hours a day cooking? But then I realized it's two hours a day worth the reset that I really needed. But I never valued them. Till I took them out for a month. Because the last month I did not order, and I did not cook at home once. Every other day we were eating out. And oh my God. Financially, it was a mess.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's clear, but also time management-wise as well.
0: Yeah, I didn't really achieve anything, did I? Did I do anything extra last month that I am not able to do today? No, it's the same. I almost did everything that I'm doing. I still read a book uh, a month that I do now. I still uh, listen to my podcast. I don't have a big backlog of podcasts. I still walked 15,000 steps. I still did everything. On top of that, I have more time now because I'm skipping as well. Before that, I didn't even skip last month. So I have time. So where did it go? That's why this illusion of time really bothers me because we have a lot of time. We just don't realize it. It's just we have to prioritize so that we do more and think of doing more or less.
1: Well, I guess... Yeah, but... I'll say it again a little bit differently. We, we, want, we have to want to do less in order to be able to get more done. Like, we have to want to do less at the same time. I mean, yeah. I... Um, so yes, you can maybe chunk a few things, but at the same time, you're not trying to get your taxes and your your phone calls and your emails and your everything done while you're also need to cook. No, you say, I'm just going to cook.
0: Focus. attention. It's important. A very good analogy would be, imagine trying to move five uh, boxes to a hundred meter line. And imagine trying to move one box to twenty meters, and then the other box to forty meters, and another box to sixty meters, and then you work in a straight line. You'll get that done faster than trying to move them a hundred. Even if you want to move them to twenty, that's still going to be longer than you're trying to do all of them in in a go until a hundred, because it's easier. You have focused attention, right? So do one thing at a time, one in one out, one in one out, and you'd be more productive in the longer run rather than having to do five things at once. And I know firsthand how you feel because I did the same thing. <laughs>
1: It, yeah it's it's very that's that's uh, that's what I have to internalize do one thing at a time but also like you said start finishing instead of stop instead of starting a lot of new things yeah. so do one thing at a time um don't expect that you can save all these like five bucks five minutes of time into a big bucket because you won't you, you'll just use it up in a different way
0: because time resets right every every 24 hours it resets so it's not like money that's when you save five and then next day you have 10 all right maybe some people with starbucks can do that but in time you can't if you save five minutes today tomorrow you don't have 10 minutes yeah. you still have five minutes because it's, it's gone you know it's, it's up to you what you want to do right Nice. All right, I think we are coming really close to the conversation. It flew by, to be honest. It was uh, it was very interesting, a lot uh, of fun.
1: Yeah, I, and I thought I take away some some good points that I will that will try to internalize. But and thanks, very nice for sharing.
0: I was a lot of fun. I really really enjoyed it with you. I really enjoyed talking, and I hope you guys as well enjoyed talking. This was a lot of fun, and uh, looking forward to hearing your, your point of views as well. We have the newsletter dropping on Sundays that is going to be more of a deeper dive into this conversation and some external links. So do subscribe to the newsletter to so have more information. Until then, I've been your host, Ahad. We had Phil.
1: Phil, thanks for having me.
0: And uh, thank you so much. Bye-bye.